because their slogan is, we believe that other burgers are shit. <laughs> Look, it's right there you go. <laughs> Picture proof. We went a little long in episode 486 of Unscripted, so we've decided to just do a third episode this week, um, and hope that you don't mind, but um, a lot of good things in episode 486, almost the equivalent of two episodes. We went a little long, but it was a lot of fun, and again, great thanks to the suggestion by a great friend of the show, Ryan Hall. Thank you very much, sir. Uh, hope you enjoy episode number 486 as much as we did, but here in episode 487, as we welcome you to our Weekender, as we like to call it, Freeform Friday. Chris goes on to our Twitter page, finds out what people are talking about. Whatever really, you know, interests Chris, he finds it. We talk about it and move on to the next thing. And again, while Chris is scouring our Twitter account for interesting things, just a quick reminder, please, we ask you to subscribe to our Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, Google Play, or iTunes account. Go on to one of those five. Go on to all five of them. It would even be better. Please subscribe. Your help, we've already seen an up boost in our subscription rate from you folks coming to our aid, coming to our request for help to improve our subscription numbers. You've done that. We had a record number of downloads on March 29th and 30th. And again, all of that is because of you folks, and we greatly appreciate it. So having said all that, let's get this Freeform Party started here in episode number 487 on Nonscripted. And to do that... I hand the microphone over to the executive producer of Unscripted, Mr. Flute. Thanks, Mike. Okay, well, well the first tweet was going to be the whole thing about Amari Cooper being a turd, but uh, I guess we've talked about that already. <laughs> so that's good. All right, so we're going to get right to the onion here at the onion. And of course, as we all know, sports channels are looking for stuff to air. So, okay, so the onion reports that ESPN execs say, fuck it, air the dog fighting. <laughs> the dog fighting of Michael Vick's day or yeah, the dog yeah. fighting. Um, there was a very good uh, three-part, I think it was three-part series. Um, took up six hours of programming. That's beautiful, again, during this Corona-19, or I keep saying it's a COVID-19 uh, coronavirus uh, pandemic that we're living in right now. Um <laughs> Uh, that was interesting to see how Michael Vick got caught up in that and, and his posse and, and all his peeps and all this other stuff. But, you know, it's amazing. I remember when we had the hockey strike, the last hockey strike, and they were desperate for programming and they introduced us to poker on the air. And that was a great idea. That was an awesome idea and introduced us to a whole new group of superstars led by Daniel Negreanu and all these great poker players. And I'm very thankful for that. What are they going to do now? Well, I see a lot of these things that are going on where they're making these bracketed tournaments of this era versus this era and this guy versus this guy. And it's all good, and but it's all subjective to, you know, different eras and different philosophies. And you're talking about an old school guy like me versus the current millenniums today. And they're going to have a different idea. Who's going to tell the difference? Who's better between, you know... Uh, 
it was funny. ESPN started a big basketball tournament of all the great players in college basketball. And the number, they had four number one seeds. All four number one seeds are gone. I mean, how can you not have a basket? And this is, again, my opinion, but how can you not have a basketball one versus two? And that doesn't include Michael Jordan. I mean, and there are going to be old school guys are going to say, well, um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, then known as Lou Alcindor, should be number one. He changed college basketball in the late 60s with they changed the rules on dunking in college basketball because Kareem was so dominant. The last three years that Kareem was at UCLA, he couldn't dunk. They took dunking out of college basketball. <laughs> That's bullshit. That's stupid. That's so bullshit. But when you do something like that, that's a difference maker. That's a guy that needs to be one versus two. I think one versus two, ultimately, in my opinion, you could have then Lou Alcindor, now known as Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. How could you not have Bill Russell in there? Bill Russell, the greatest winner of all time, this side of Rocket Richard. Um, but Bill Russell won nine championships in 11 years. Still doesn't ca- catch Rocket Richard, but Bill Russell also won a national championship in college at the University of San Francisco. So it's all speculation. It's fun to watch people gripe, bitch, and complain about it, but it gives us something to do during this unbelievably unique time of the coronavirus. Awesome. All right. Uh, For the Win and For the Win had a fun story here, and we talked about how Gretzky and Peyton Manning were so smart. So here's a story about Peyton Manning, what he'd do at the Pro Bowl. So he he makes all these Pro Bowls, and he goes there, and he's always thinking about an advantage. Like All he wants is an advantage, and not at the Pro Bowl, but like how how to win in regular playoff games. And so Ty Law had an interview, and he was saying, Peyton would try to get you, you know, once you're over at the Pro Bowl, you're on the same team. Peyton tries to get you drunk and then dig into your brain. You know, what did you see? Why did you do this? And then he'd, he'd, just, he'd just keep feeding everyone Mai Tais, and he'd, and he'd pay for everything. He'd say, oh, it's all on me. Just get all the Mai Tais you want. He tried to feed you all these damn Mai Tais, you know? And then he's, I, uh, Ty Law said, Peyton, I ain't falling for that shit, you know? And, and uh, yeah, he just kept feeding you all these and buttering you up and like, oh, what did you see here? And all this, and just trying to figure out how you see the game or your secrets or whatever. And I just love that story about going to Hawaii. You're in Hawaii. All, all apparently, I think... 13 of his 14 Pro Bowls or whatever were in Hawaii. Oh, yeah. So, you know, everyone's over there. He's Peyton's paying for everything. Have my, my ties, which everyone loves. and Just yeah. loosen up. Yeah, let, the it, loose get, let the lips get loose. Isn't that just a beautiful well, idea? Well, but see, that, there's a guy. It's an He's an opportunist. He's looking for an opportunity to improve his game and pick the brains of the Pro Bowlers. The guys are going to make it more difficult for him to excel on the football field. I think it's brilliant. I think it's a way that the players from the other teams found a way to respect Peyton Manning. He shows true leadership there. And, you know, again, like Mr. Gretzky, not not the father, Mr. Gretzky. I, I, sh- I show respect to Wayne Gretzky because I think he's just unbelievable. I'm not talking about Walter. Um, but that's what separates the, the players like the Manning, uh, like the Gretzkys of the world. They're always, like you say, they're always thinking and trying to find that little bit of extra, that little extra edge, and that's what makes the great players great, and that's why Peyton Manning is one of the greatest of all time. Mm-hmm. Okay, For the Win also had a, a really direct, succinct quote that I was very surprised to see, and I don't know if you saw this. Former Astros player Evan Gaddis opens up on the cheating scandal, quote, we cheated baseball. I was very happy to see that. I wondered when somebody was going to have the cojones to come out and say it. 
Um, I'm still appalled. Uh, what is it? Six weeks from that pathetic apology by Jim Crane and the, that, that idiot PR department of the Houston Astros to have those statements that the players read, making them look like idiots, more idiots than they already are. I'm still not over that. I think that was disgraceful. It was embarrassing. It was disrespectful to the game of baseball. And I'm proud of this guy to come out and say, damn it, we cheated. We got caught. And uh, we're going to be paying a heavy price for this for quite a long time. I think, you know, I think one of the real benefactors, if there is, to this coronavirus thing is to the Houston Astros and not having oh, to go yeah. out and play right now. Sweep it under the rug for a bit. Maybe people forget about it for a bit. Well, we've got so many other things to worry about right now that are much more important than the game of baseball. And it's taken some of the spotlight off of the Houston Astros. And, you know, I bet there were a lot of people waiting for opening day, baseball traditionalists, baseball fans, the Keith Olbermans of the world that feel that they got screwed because of the Houston Astros involvement in this in this uh, cheating scandal. Um, I think one of the not good things, but one of the things that has probably helped the Houston Astros more than any other team in professional sports right now with their sport being suspended indefinitely is that you won't see the the venom coming out of sports fans baseball fans mouths the venom that would come out out on social media the the things that they were going to throw i mean i was looking forward me personally i was looking forward to the first time the houston astros had to go to new york and the bronx and boston to play cuz i think it would have been a war it'll I think still it, happen someday oh sure it will but we're just you know, just shuffling off to another day and time because we have so many much more important things to conquer before we start worrying about when baseball is going to get started again. But I believe, and you know, and I thought it's funny that Major League Baseball had to come out and make an announcement this week that Jeff Lunau and A.J. Hinch, even if baseball doesn't get started this year, this year will count as their one-year suspension. I've got a problem with that. I've got a problem with that. We're all suspended right now because of the coronavirus. There's nothing special right now to the one-year suspensions of field manager A.J. Hinch and general manager Jeff Lunau. There is nothing there that's different than any of us are going through right now, and I think that's wrong. When baseball comes back, in my opinion, is when the suspension for those two yahoos should start. And I think maybe that's why baseball has decided not to to make the findings of the Boston Red Sox public right now, because obviously there's some juicy stuff coming there too. But I don't think as long as baseball is shut down because of the coronavirus, that should not benefit those two yahoos of the Houston Astros. Mm -hmm. Okay, Jamie at JamieFinn2209, and she has a picture to go along with this here. New burger restaurant open in Seoul, South Korea. It's called Billion Box, and this is the greatest slogan I've ever seen, and it makes me want to go to South Korea and eat their burgers yeah. because their slogan is, We believe that other burgers are shit. <laughs> Look, it's right there you go. <laughs> Picture proof. We believe the other burgers are shit. It, it literally just says that. And it, and it's weird. And like, they've got this other thing. It's called, they've got a parody of the Burger King logo and it says Burger Kill. And it shows like Bart Simpson with a gun and a billion box mask over his face, which I'm not sure because he's robbing her because of COVID-19. And uh, yeah. And so like, I guess 
wow. I like isn't that amazing? Well, you know what? I I got to, you know, I spent time in South Korea back in the military based at uh, Kunsan Air Base in in South Korea back in the day. So I spent over a year, well over a year in the Far East, but the home base was South Korea. And through this whole COVID-19, coronavirus, whichever you're most comfortable giving it a, a title, um, I have become, through my reading and through my research, I have become very impressed with how the South Korean government handled this whole thing. We have heard uh, there was a guy, a doctor, that came on Fox News on Thursday and just laid it out. And, you know, he'll never get invited back to Fox News again. I don't remember the doctor's name. I think he was of East Indian descent. But he came out and said, you know, the first thing we heard from the World Health Organization was on December 31st of 2019 about the coronas, the coronavirus is coming. Who did anything about it? Well, South Korea did. South Korea, they've started now again, they've started playing baseball there. Again, empty houses and masks on everybody in uniform, but they're so far ahead of it. They were so proactive in regard to it. You were telling me, and rightfully so, about the testing that they were that they were way ahead of the curve there. I'm very impressed with the South Korean government, and I wish there would have been other countries around the world that would have been that proactive in regard to their handling of the COVID-19 situation. Congratulations to South Korea. And if I'm ever back in South Korea again, I probably won't get there, but if I ever am, I'm going to find this burger place <laughs> because anything that says our burgers are shit or whatever it is or compared to other all the other burgers are shit, I've got to visit that place. Yeah, brilliant marketing. Fantastic. Okay, you'll like this too. So this is the takeout at the takeout. And we all know about DoorDash and Skip the Dishes. And especially nowadays, they're very they're doing very well, I hope. And uh, of course, Uber Eats. And so this is order from Boober. Get food and a stripper. And uh, some guy, basically, he, I'm not kidding. He has, it's a strip club owner or something. It's in Oregon. And he, uh, the Lucky Devil Lounge. Oh my. And... Working on keeping our kitchen open. This was a tweet. Working on keeping our kitchen open for food deliveries and our staff employed. Dancers will be delivering the food orders topless to your doorstep, uh, calling it Boober. And then I think you can also, I, I think it's like you have that delivery option. I think you can also just order like a stripper to come to the house too. And then they come with, you know, a, a bodyguard or whatever. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, this is in Portland, Oregon is where this is. Do they deliver out of country? Well, they can't get through the yeah. border anyway, yeah, exactly. so damn it. Exactly. It's funny. So the guy talked about, like, so he's keeping everyone busy. He's keeping everyone employed. And he said, everyone's rushing to Costco to get toilet paper, and I'm at the porn store buying out, out their pasties stock. <laughs> Isn't that great? What a great you know, idea. I, and I, I, it, it really is, too. It seriously is. I got to give credit to the companies that um, that employ both Chris and I at this point. Um, I have seen massive layoffs everywhere. And um, some companies have been unbelievable about this, uh, trying to, uh, the company that I'm with, uh, very proud uh, that they are trying to, their damnedest to keep everybody busy and trying their damnedest to make sure that everybody gets paid. And uh, I'm, I, you know, uh, Chris has talked many times about the current company that he is with and how different it has been for him in this experience through most of the other experiences in, in his life. And I'm kind of in the same boat, even though I'm early in the early stages of this with this group. Um, I'm very impressed with this group. 
in regard to how that they're trying to manage through this, how they're trying to cope with this, how they're trying to keep everybody busy and keep everybody employed. Um, we haven't, at least in North America, we are not close to the finish line in this, folks. Um, just the other day, we came over 1 million cases, certified cases around the world of the coronavirus. So um, you're starting to see things get better in the Far East. Obviously, that's where it started. I think the Far East was much more proactive as it moved west into North America. Um, we haven't been as proactive in North America. I think Canada has been more proactive than the United States. I, I can confidently say that. Uh, but there's still, I read this morning that in Toronto, they're running out of hospital beds. They're running out of ventilators. So I'm very impressed with the companies that are doing their damnedest to keep their employees uh, paid, keeping them busy. Um, but again, uh, can it last forever? Um, I know that the company I am with is looking as a smaller business. Um, they're working with the Canadian government because there's some subsidy programs that are out there to help the smaller businesses. And um, there's going to be some adjustments. I know there is at, at my work. Um, and uh, But again, I'm very impressed that there are companies out there that are trying to work with their employees instead of just screw their employees. And that's a very important thing uh, through something like this, for sure. Okay. Uh, I know you don't like Colin Cowherd, and I'm not a big fan of his. I like him more than you, but, uh, I, you know, I know he said some dumb things. This might be the dumbest thing. No, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen yeah. from him. Sure. Okay. Talk. He introduced himself. Yeah, so Curd with Colin Cowherd, <laughs> Curd with Colin Cowherd at the Herd. Top eight NFL rosters. There's only one that I have a problem with here. Okay. Okay. Number one, Ravens. Fine. Yep. Number three, Niners. Four, Chiefs. Five, Chargers. I don't know about that, but yeah. Six, Browns. I don't mind the, the Browns at number six in, in all sincerity. If you're specifically saying a roster on paper. Correct. Yeah, I, I have no yeah. problem with that. Yeah, that's okay. Okay, I get that. Seven hey, people were putting the Browns in the Super Bowl I know. last year. I know. Which was ludicrous. Was. I had them in the playoffs, but I didn't have them going to the freaking Super Bowl. Yeah. So, you know, okay, fine, on paper. Seven Saints, yeah. eight Steelers, whatever. I can live with it. Number two. And I don't know if you're going to want to go off and call in Cowherd or off on this team, but you know this team very well. According to Colin Cowherd, and I literally couldn't come up with one justification for this bullshit, and as someone said online, would love to know what sort of drugs were involved in ranking this team number two over the Niners and Chiefs. Yeah. But uh, the number two roster, according to Colin Cowherd, the Minnesota Vikings. Fuck off. First of all, the Packers weren't in that list, and the Packers, regardless of what you think of them, and they got their ass handed to them last year in the NFC Championship, I'm very aware of that. But you're telling me that the team that made the NFC Championship game with a 13-3 and record shouldn't be in the top eight? Okay, that's my first problem. My second problem is Minnesota Vikings. Um, I hate them. I've made that quite clear. But to think that they're the second-best roster in the National Football League? Are you fucking kidding? Who do they have? And then, but not only that, since the start of free agency, they've lost Everson Griffin. They've lost uh, their Lin nose tart, Linvel Joseph. They've lost a couple D-backs to the Cincinnati Bengals off the top of my head. They lost their best offensive weapon. Well, I like Adam Thielen too, but they lost arguably one or two, three, Stefan Diggs. 
Now, they still have Delvin Cook, obviously. They still got Thielen. They still got Kyle Rudolph. They still have some pieces, but they still have that idiot quarterback. Yeah. Um, I hate Colin Coward. I'm sorry. I, just... I, I just, you know, he's not a Packer fan because he rips the Packers organization. And I don't disagree with him here in regard to not giving Aaron Rodgers sufficient weapons to work with. I get that. But, you know... Here's a guy, you know what, this is a poor man's version of Skip Bayless. Is To me, is what Colin Coward Ooh, is. That's a scathing critique. Oh, that's a scathing. That's Oh, that's pouring salt Ooh. in multiple that's open brutal. wounds. That's brutal. That's brutal. And it's supposed to be brutal because they're both douchebags. And here's the problem. They both think, they both think that they can go out and play at the highest levels and neither one of them played any higher ball than high school. So what the hell does it make those two idiots think that they're experts? Now, I still hate Skip Bayless first. There's no question yeah, about he's, that. Yeah, yeah he's, he's worse. idiot number one. He's worse, yeah. But 1A, is, and for me, is Colin Coward. He's uninformed. He's a blowhard. He's a legend in his own mind. And those are the good things. To put the Minnesota Vikings as number two, I, would, I wouldn't have as big a problem with the Vikings at 6, 7, 8. I've got a huge problem with the Vikings. I still would. I've got a huge problem with the Vikings at two. I've got a problem with the Chargers at five. Yeah, that's weird. That's a team that won, what, four games last year? Five at the most, right off the top of my head? Um, I just think Colin Coward is drinking his own bathwater to steal a line from Quiss. He has been stealing his own bathwater and smoking some homemade hooch for way too long. And I think the only reason that he has a job at Fox Sports is because half the people that tune in to him hate him and want to hear the next dumb stuff that's <laughs> going to come out of his mouth. I can't stand this guy, and all I have to do is reiterate that list to prove my point. Yeah, if you take the Vikings from two or three years ago, maybe, but they just lost both their corners. Like, if if I had to look at guys that I want from that team, yeah, I like Thielen, Delvin Cook, Maybe the safety Harrison Smith. That's about it. But they've got no they've got no real good functioning offensive line. No. They lost one of their key receivers, obviously. They lost a lot of defensive backs. And one of the biggest losses that people haven't recognized yet is Andrew Sadejo on their back end. They lost him in free agency too. I think he went to the Raiders or the Rams or somebody out on the West Coast. It doesn't matter. The problem is the Vikings weren't too before all these offseason yeah, exactly. defections. And now he's got him at two after all these offseason uh, defections. I know Mike uh, Zimmer is a very good football coach, especially on the defensive side. But I'm telling you right now, folks, mark my words. And Chris will have this on tape. The Vikings will be in that division this year. In my opinion, the Vikings will be no better than third. Well, they're sure not winning it. That's they're not sure. winning it. And I think the Bears, even with the in even even with the in whatever, Ryan Pace's general manager, I still think the Bears, um, you know, even though they re-signed Jimmy Graham, they haven't they haven't uh uh they haven't uh replaced still haven't replaced Adrian Amos in their back end. They're so dependent on Khalil Mack to make some kind of Superman play every year. They let Leonard Floyd go to the West. They bring in the big defensive uh, end, uh, uh, Quinn from Dallas. Still no problem. They still have Trubisky at quarterback, even though it's going to be an open competition between Trubisky and Nick Folds, yada, yada. 
I still think the Packers end up one, the Bears end up two, the Vikings three, and the Lions are fourth just because they're the Lions. Yeah. Sorry to Sean. I like you a lot. I really do. Sean Nichols, smart guy. But anybody that can walk into this environment with Chris and I with a Barry Sanders jersey on where it should be a Bobby Lane jersey on because the last fucking championship that Detroit won was 1954. Enough said. <laughs> okay. Uh, you don't have to comment on this one. Atheist Republic at Atheist Republic. I just like when they have uh, funny church signs unintentionally. So the Greater Fellowship Baptist Church had a great sign that said the best gift a mother ever gave was time spent on her knees. And... <laughs> And so, you know, I'd, I'd just love to see, I'd love to meet the person who wrote that, unless they were trying to be dirty. I'd like to just see the how clueless you'd have to be. How do you get to that point where you just don't understand double entendres, but okay, fine. Yeah, I guess people are like that. Uh, there's three interesting tweets I had left. I know we don't want to go too long on this one, but uh, Ben Fox at BFox ESPN said, a Nevada mobile better at William Hill U.S. turned $50 into just under 10000 after hitting a 10-team parlay on Ukrainian ping pong. Oh, my God. So that just shows how degenerate wow. some of these guys are with nothing else. They're betting on Ukrainian what's ping the pong. Best, what's the best number of parlay teams have you ever hit? Best uh, I ever did was seven. Uh, eight. You hit eight? Eight. I put 100 bucks on eight, and... Uh, Eight or nine? Eight? No, the nine one I just missed. Uh, it was eight or nine. Yeah, I think it was eight though. And it was um, oh, shoot. Now that now I'm, it's either eight or nine, yeah. and it was a mix of everything. I bet on the Yankees. I bet on a U two UFC games, four soccer games. Like you must was, have been down south then. Uh, no, it was on. Uh oh, I forget the site now. But no, I, I put a hundred bucks on it, yeah. and I won eighty five hundred. Yeah. Yeah, you. I, 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 I had seen Sports Select here, and the reason I say that Sports Select here doesn't let you. It was online. No, I, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, I get yeah. that now. Yeah, but yeah. what I'm, my experience up here with betting, until I met you, was on Sports Select, right? Going mm -hmm. to Seven Eleven, mm -hmm. but they don't let you mix and match in regard to different sports. You've got to stick with football, basketball, hockey, whatever it is. Down there, um, I hit a seven teamer, and I had. Three basketball games, uh, three hockey games, and a Monday night football game. That's how I won my seven. Uh, I hit a seventeen parlay. Yeah, I my my most heartbreaking one was I had a parlay that was, I think it was nine games, and I hit seven right, and the two I got wrong were ridiculous that I didn't get them, and that was worth that one was worth I think over twenty grand if I yeah. would hit that one. That would have been nice. So, okay, wow. two tweets left. Uh, John Urand at Urand underscore SBJ. So DAZN, which I hate the name, but it's D-A-Z-N. You know, that's where it's the app I have where I get all the games and everything yeah. for NFL. Yeah. D-A-Z-N, pronounced DAZN. That's not English. I'm sorry. I just hate that so much. But DAZN has started telling sports leagues that it will not pay rights fees for games that have been suspended or canceled because of the pandemic. Uh, DAZN is believed to be the first media company to make such a decision. And so it, it's interesting because, yeah, they're not getting the content, so they're not paying the rights fees. So it's this chain reaction of things. And, I mean, you know, we had to reschedule our Toronto trip from May to September. And so we haven't booked the September part yet. But, you know, we had talked about last week about StubHub trying to refund just a, a ticket so they're not just shelling out refunds for all this insane amounts of money. Yeah. And so, you know, what's going to happen is then, whether it's them or WestJet or whoever, you're going to have all these people calling because they're desperate to get their money back if they've been laid off. You're going to have... Right. 
these companies desperate to not go out of business and like the airline industry is really suffering right now and it's this whole chain reaction thing so now it's happening with the zone i just i feel so bad and you know i'm i'm very fortunate that we're in a good situation right now that uh you know martin's like should we ask for money back and he's like no they just take it as a credit and we're just going to spend it on september anyway and we don't need the money right now and we're very fortunate so uh it, it felt good to uh be able to not have to be uh you I gotta, know part I gotta of that give you a story yeah this please. is this is this is um residue i guess of this coronavirus thing in regard to calgary public schools my daughter jenna was supposed to go in may to a, a historical tour of montreal ottawa quebec city all the biggies back east and um I am flabbergasted by this. We got a note today from the CBE, Calgary Board of Education, that because of this coronavirus and the cancellation of the trip, the parents are on the hook for the cancellation fee. How which is how much? Do you know? The trip would have been three grand out of our pocket, and we have to pay I don't know the number. I just saw But is it like 10 bucks or like 100 bucks? Oh, no. It would be like, uh, uh, I'm thinking it's going to be like 10%. Oh, so a few hundred bucks. I am am very disappointed in that. Mm -hmm. For the simple fact that if we could control the stopping of the coronavirus, we'd all be millionaires because, uh, but we can't do that. We don't have the power to do that. And I'm very disappointed that they're taking this position. I think that we should be given full uh, refunds because this is what the, I would I would consider an act of God. Mm-hmm. You know, when I'm building subdivisions, you have what they call an act of God. Literally, in in all contracts, you have a you have a line item in the contract, act of God. Like when we, in 2013, when we had the big floods here, we had to enact the act of God because because of that downpour in 2013, we were slowed down by a year on the Decker Project out in Northwest Calgary. And we had to enact the act of God in that contract because we can't stop the rain coming, you know. And we ultimately worked out an agreement with all of our contractors that we would pay 2013 prices for them to do the job in 2014 because of act of God. I think there's got to be something like this because how can we be penalized? And it's 300 bucks. Okay. It is what it is, but how can we, and why should we be penalized because of something that is totally out of our control? I have a problem with that. No, you should. And like I always say, the public sector gets the leftovers. And until the public sector tries to prove me wrong, I'm going to keep saying it. And here's just another another example. Just another example. Exactly right. Okay, last tweet of the day. Israel Adesanya at Stylebender. This is, of course, the undefeated UFC fighter who I really like. Very talented. And uh, I hope kicks the shit out of John Jones someday. If he can move up a weight division. John Bones Jones. Yeah. Somebody break some of them bones. Oh, geez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a what a guy. Anyway, Israel Adesanya, I found this really interesting. He has one picture of himself looking nice and one picture of himself giving the double bird to the camera. <laughs> and he has two quotes. He's, one says, I met him one time and he was so nice. And then the other quote says, I met him one time and he was a dick. <laughs> and Israel says, 
both of these statements are true, how I address you all depends on you. That's his address to fans coming up to him. Wow. That's, um, I'm impressed by that. I'm impressed by that. He kind of is setting the standard. If I will talk to you and I'm approachable, but don't come up and be a dick. Mm-hmm. And I, I truly appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, uh, wow. Okay. I want to thank everybody that went to bat for Chris and I in regard to our two uh, record-setting days, March 29th and 30th, the two most downloaded days of Unscripted. We truly appreciate it. For us to really take this show to another levels, we need more subscriptions. Chris has been working his bag off in trying to upgrade our website and our logo material. And let me tell you, folks, I never realized how difficult listening to Chris, and he has the patience of a god. I couldn't do it. I I would have killed somebody by now. But he is trying desperately hard to upgrade our uh, website and our logos, to give it a fresh look, to kind of upgrade the look a little bit. But again, I'm not going to stop asking. I don't want to look like I'm harping on you guys, but I I want to come out as, as sincere and genuine when I ask for your help uh, in regard to continuing what you've been doing, in regard to um, going on to our big five of Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, Google Play, and iTunes. We're very interested. Chris and I have had a lot of good conversations this week as we come up on the 500-episode plateau of Unscripted. We have just completed this episode, which is 487. We're 13 episodes away from the magic number of 500. And I want to say um, one of the things that I'm most proud of through this whole first 487 episodes is not over, not only meeting a man with as much integrity and class as as, uh, Chris Fluke is and his family, mother and father, sister, terrific people, Ryan Hall, Greg, uh, Greg Chuck, which is really Andrew Chuck. You're all very, very classy people, and I thank all of you for all of your contributions. But I want to continue to drive the point home that with your help and with your support, we can take this to a lot of different levels, and I think we're finally hitting some ground in regard to going in the right direction, which is up. Chris has made some inroads with some fellow podcasters, and we're going to both be making some appearances on other people's podcasts as kind of a cross-promotion to get our podcast up to where we would like it to be. And uh, we can only do that and continue to improve with your help. And uh, I truly thank you from the bottom of my heart and hope that all of you that haven't done this so far, I'm not scolding you. I'm not taking you back out in the woodshed and, and, you know, kicking your ass. I'm asking you very kindly, through, again, from the bottom of my heart, that if you could go to the, one of those five options and subscribe, we would truly be appreciative. And um, we're thinking of some things that we can do uh, to improve the show. I think we have proven beyond a doubt through now 487 episodes, that Chris and I have good knowledge about what's going on from the wonderful and wacky world of sports. We have no problem sharing our opinions and backing our opinions up. And I think that if you are a true listener to Unscripted, you know those qualities, and that's why we have good, solid contributors to the show like uh, Sean Dode, 
in Vancouver who will make an appearance on our 500th episode, like Sean Nichols, who I hope can make an appearance on our 500th show. Obviously, Ryan Hall, Greg Andrichuk. I want to get Bernie Nichols on our 500th episode again. I want to get a couple of people from my past. I've made some phone calls. I'm trying to track a couple people down. I'm not going to disclose the names because until I can get them firm on the show, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that. I, I'm not a name dropper. But again, I wanted to take this time to thank Chris for his unbelievable dedication and hard work, not only to the show, but to me. Um, I want to send congratulations to those aforementioned people, Ryan, Greg, Nicole. Thank you. We couldn't have done this to get to here without your help. Uh, Martina Fluke needs to be th- needs to be thanked for putting up with me every week. My wife needs to be thanked for putting up with me, my dead ass, for 28 years. But thank you. And um, I make a promise to Chris and I make a promise to you folks that if you continue to do what you're doing in showing good faith in us, we will continue to show good faith and produce good shows. We may be, I've heard this from a lot of people, that we may get a little raunchy sometimes. But you know what? It's our show. And I don't think we're doing anything disrespectful to anybody. It's part of our personalities. Chris says it in our, in our opening, opening blurb on our website that these two yahoos have gotten in trouble with their big mouths their whole lives. And there's a lot of truth in that. A lot of truth. I've had death threats because of my big mouth <laughs> back in the day when I told O.J. Simpson that the son of a bitch did it. Um, and that isn't the only thing I've done and said that's gotten me in trouble. But I don't think you last almost 500 episodes if you don't know what you're doing and if you don't have the passion and the true dedication to continue doing this. Chris and I have continued to do this when Chris has been on vacation. We've continued to do this when I've been on vacation. Um, We've continued to do this where I have heard from some people that we shouldn't be doing this through the coronavirus. And my explanation to them is simply this. Chris and I do not do much at all. We work from home. The only time we leave our respective homes is to go to the grocery store. I haven't even been to the liquor store, for Christ's sake. <laughs> Just to the grocery store. You know, it's a telling thing when, when gas in Alberta is at 62 9 mm-hmm. That is not good for the province of Alberta, folks. When Alberta was really thriving and striving was when gas was $1.40 a liter. Do the math, folks. When you're paying more for a gallon of gas, because four liters make up a gallon, when you're paying more for a gallon of gas in the city of Calgary than you are in the city of Las Vegas, something's wrong. We have proven, I think, over 487 episodes that we have the passion, we have the tenacity, we have the want to continue doing this. And I thank you again. I know I've gotten a little bit on my soapbox here, but this is important to me. I'm losing my voice, but that's okay. I'll get it out. I just wanted to thank you folks. You listened to our pleas, and I hope that you continue to listen to mostly my pleas in regard to improving our subscription rate. Chris has found some information this week that could benefit all of us if we get those subscription numbers up. And I hope that you guys will do that for us because I know that we'll continue doing our part from this end. And I thank you genuinely from the bottom of my heart. And um, thank you.
Thanks, Mike. Yeah, I just wanted to say, too, thanks for accommodating me. I got off work a bit early today, so we thought we'd do this on a Friday. And who knows, next week is a Friday off, I think, for everybody. So maybe we'll uh, we'll see what we're going to do next week as well. But thank you for accommodating me today. And thank you for often driving across town to uh, to get to my place. I know we, you're not getting to go out and do too many social calls these days, so I'm sure it's, you know, not the worst thing getting out of the house. I'm sorry I took that away from you this well, week. Well, no, but you know, that's <laughs> the thing. You know, we're not, you know, if there are people that are a little out of disjointed because Chris and I get together and do this, I'm going to tell you straight out that Chris and Martina don't leave their home. Judy and I and my daughter Jenna don't leave our home. Uh, I have been to the grocery store. And I have been to the gas station in the last week, besides making my one trek over to Chris's house. And we stay the requisite distance apart. We cover our noses and cover our mouths when we sneeze. And we wash our hands religiously. We are doing what we can do. And if somebody has an axe to grind about that, all I'm going to say with all due respect is, I'm not going to give you my my pertinent line. I'm just going to say, get a life. This is this is a this is a way for Chris and I to get off some Chris and I are both uh hands-on people in regard to we like to get out and about and they have taken that away right now this coronavirus has taken that away from us and I don't think we're doing anything wrong and if somebody important to us like Martina on Chris's side or Judy on my side said that we shouldn't do it then we wouldn't do it. I guarantee you we wouldn't do it. But Chris is going to go from my house to his car to his garage and back into his house. And that's that's the that's the extent of it. And the reason we're doing that is because A, we like to do it, but B, we think we have something here that is tangible. We think that we have something that is good. And realistically, folks, I think one of the reasons that we do it is that during this time, we need more entertainment options. And that's what we're trying to do. And that's what we're trying to provide for your folks out there in unscripted land during this most unique time in all of our lives. And again, if people have a problem with it, get a life. And um, if somebody of importance to us, our wives, tell us not to do it, then we won't. Well, you're, you're saying that we're, we're not disrespectful. I do want to make it clear uh, when it comes to John Jones or Devin Dubnik, I'm absolutely being disrespectful. And uh, I want to just quote Christopher Hitchens and say, I am, I hope, never offensive by accident. And uh, yeah, with those guys, we're being disrespectful <laughs> all the way. And well, uh, with some of the NFC North teams, maybe. But other than that, uh, no, we're here for a good time and to, and to have a good time. But when Chris mentions people like John Bones Jones... He deserves it. Yeah, he really does. Here is a guy that <laughs> continues to spit in the face of Dana White and his fellow competitors in the UFC that have not been given things on a silver platter. And I will agree, having looked at highlights at the last two John Jones fights, he should have lost both of them. And he still is getting opportunities. And yet, you sit here, and I've heard some backstatic as to why we're doing Unscripted, why is John Jones out during the coronavirus out getting drunk in his car? So we make fun of people, but those people that we make fun of have it coming. And I don't think we disrespect anybody that we should be respectful of and respectful to. 
if you have problems with what we're doing, then please leave a note. But I haven't seen anything real disappointing about what we're doing. So the whole reason for me going on to this thing was just, again, thanking all of you. And we're going to continue to put out a good product. And uh, I'm going to shut up now. But this is this is almost therapeutic for me. Not only get to see Chris, but to get here and talk about the thing that I love to talk about best. And it's the thing that I know the best. And it's a privilege to get to do it. And with these improved numbers, I'm thinking there's now real hope to continue doing it as we go toward our march toward of a thousand episodes. So having said all that, for the executive producer of Unscripted, Mr. Chris Fluke, I'm Mike Jansen. Until next time.